I have read some of his memoirs of his life and uh, his childhood life in Berlin. And one story that I always really loved is he, he went to this island uh, as a child called the, uh, I'm probably saying this wrong, the, uh, the Flaueninsel. The, uh, Insel? Pe- the Peacock Islands. Ah. Uh, Insel means his island in general. It's like, wait, peacocking for like men's rights guys. <laughs> yeah. They all go up and should, they try to pe- like show yeah. off their peacock moves. But this, was, this guy uh, sounds cool. This is an <laughs> island in Berlin um, where there is supposedly peacocks running around. And it's, you know, it's far, it's kind of like away from Berlin. So it's, it's like a day trip. And he went there and he was, he was looking everywhere for these peacocks, but they were all hiding. And he was so disappointed. And he thought, if I could just find... A, a feather of one peacock then i would uh everything would be right in the world i would be like my place in the world would be affirmed and it i would i would truly be happy for the rest of my life but he could not find the feather oh, man tragic Whoa. as his life was uh, yeah the rest of his life was a bummer after that <laughs> <laughs> And Benjamin made it a point to go to Paris, where he uh, lived. He was very much a part of the city, and, you know, he loved walking. Um, that was a big thing he talks about, is being a flaneur, uh, or flaneur, I think. I don't think I needed to do that. Um, which is, you just walk around and take a city in um, through the sidewalk. You know, to, you see... People going to work. You see things being sold in shops, arcades, which you wrote a lot about, um, where you could find. You know about arcades? Can you? I don't want to ask you a question. I, I think <laughs> I feel like you would know. The arcades are about kind of like the, the mall. Like yes, it was, it was, it was a these precursor to department stores, public yeah. areas, and his concept of the Flanor was kind of this. Um, cosmopolitan or urban archetype of someone who spends their time kind of consuming like walking past these stores and that's sort of your leisurely or you know non-work activities and and it's uh it's not purely this um positive thing either you know it's Mm. it's this it's this figure of someone whose life is even when they're doing something leisurely or non-productive, they're still engaged in this kind of consumption passively right. or actively. Yeah. Um, but, but it does also relate to the situation's concept of the, the derive of, of walking from neighbor to neighborhood to neighborhood and like measuring your like psychological effect from neighborhood to neighborhood. But uh, yeah, like the, it's this is the concept of, of aimlessly strolling through life. Um, and uh, like kind of what that means in like a, as a rootless person or as mm-hmm. a as a consumer or atomized individual. Right. And that was sort of uh, part of one of the big takeaways from him is, you know, th- these people are always still part of the city and we are and they are also part of a broader international global system. You know, capitalism is a totality. You are always within it. Um but history is is fluid, you know, as like we were talking about with the bringing dialectics into studies of history. Um, it's not, uh, I think it, the term was like homogenous history where people try to, uh, and this was, there, there were a lot of Marxists who do this, where you try to make, th- make sense of things in, in like a hyper linear narrative. You say like this happened, correlation, or sorry, causation. You know, it's focused on this happened and then this other thing happened as a result. 
and Benjamin, uh, Benjamin was kind of trying to disrupt that a little bit. Um, would you say that's, can you speak to that? Yeah. So in the context of history, uh, he's, he's purely going after this concept. I think he calls it historicism, um, which is really this, like what we were talking about before, this normative approach to history, um, where you just, you present some narrative, um, no matter how true it is as just like the way it was. Um, in fact, there's a good quote in here, uh, dividing the two. Right. An objective look at history and reality. I'm sorry, what is the term for that when you present something as the way it was? Historicism. Okay. Historicism rightly culminates in universal history. It may be that materialist historiography differs in method more clearly from universal history than from any other kind. Um, I'll keep trying to find like the really good quote in here. Yeah, so one of my big takeaways is that we are conscious of our surroundings. We are conscious subjects of our historical period, but there is a limit to that consciousness. Um, We do not have a schema that will tell us where we'll be in 10 years. You know, we cannot predict the future, uh, even if we try to approximate the best, like, path into it. Um, we are a product of the past, um, which is only going to be, become apparent what the past is, how it links up those causations, which are there, um, but you can't really fully understand them until they're in the past. You know, you can only really do it in... Yeah, let me just read this this segment. It gets to the heart of it. Um, Articulating the past historically does not mean recognizing it the way it really was. It means appropriating a memory as it flashes up in a moment of danger. Historical materialism wishes to hold fast that image of the past, which unexpectedly appears to the historical subject in a moment of danger. The danger threatens both the content of the tradition and those who inherit it. For both, it is one and the same thing, the danger of becoming a tool of the ruling classes. Every age must strive anew to wrest tradition away from the conformism that is working to overpower it. The Messiah comes not only as the Redeemer, he comes as the victor over the Antichrist. This is where it gets a little weird. Yeah. The only historian capable of fanning the spark of hope in the past in the one who is firmly convincing that even the dead will not be safe from the enemy if he is victorious, and this enemy has never ceased to be victorious. Right. The enemy being capitalism, right? In a, or the ruling class. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I think either of those are very safe to say, but the dominant yeah. order, the dominant ideology, the ruling classes, for sure. <laughs> 